Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Our guest today is Taylor Leckett. Taylor is based in Virginia and has her bachelor's in construction management from the University of Houston. She is a project engineer with Holder Construction in Virginia. She's also a member of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and in her spare time, she runs a t-shirt business, which we'd love to hear more about. Taylor, you're actually one of the original Hazard Girls in our group. We even have your picture on the cover of our Facebook group. So I'm so excited that we're finally getting a chance to sit down and chat and get to know each other. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I listened to a podcast that you recently did. You're like a podcast pro <laughs> with, <laughs> with NABWIC. Am I saying that right? Then it's yes. NABWIC. Mm-hmm. NABWIC. The National Association of Black Women in Construction. And it was a great interview. I learned that you're from the East Coast and that you went to a private school. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about your background, like where you grew up and how you ended up at the University of Houston. Sure. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So that podcast was fun, but it was also, I mean, I've only done a handful, so more comfortable now, but by no means am I a pro yet. (laughs) But I am from the East Coast. I grew up in Maryland, Charles County, Maryland, and loved it out there. Loved all four seasons and just felt like I loved it. I loved growing up there. So going away for college was a little bit of a jump, but, and I'll get to that, but was, it was also a great decision. I did go to a private school. Myself and my siblings all went there where I feel like it was a really great start. We grew up, you know, being able to love each other, support each other. We have strong family ties in my family. So my mom's side of the family is from from Maryland as well. So that's who I grew up with. And as far as University of Houston, my dad's side of the family is from Texas. So I had been down to visit a couple of times. And when it was time to apply for school, I decided to go for it to really just apply, you know, apply everywhere and see see who comes back to you. But Houston offered me an academic scholarship, which I didn't hesitate to say yes to. So I ended up going down there and and studying, of course, my degree in construction management. And yeah, I guess the rest. I'm still writing history, but you know, they say the rest is history. But I absolutely loved University of Houston, go Cougs. That was just my, you know, my coming of, of age, just time. It was awesome there. So that's sort of my background and, and how I got into construction, at least. So I think most people who get into fields like construction and including like transportation and trades and a lot of those types of fields, they do so because their family, someone in their family was in the field, a lot of times parents. How did you discover these fields? Yeah, it's funny. That is my story. My mom is a retired engineer. And she, honestly, growing up, she, I won't say enforced, but she instilled in us the importance of not only education, but even starting your own company and, and being headstrong and, you know, independent, all those things. But she definitely made it seem more attainable and more possible just seeing her go to work and seeing her, you know, being a working woman and and just really working hard for what she had. So, 
Um, she did that. Yeah, my, my father's actually retired, but was in the military and then also did telecommunications. So just big educational people. They really were. So I, I would say it sort of was instilled in me as well. So when you went to college, were you planning on studying engineering with a specific goal in mind? Or did you did your path of year? How did you get there? Right? Yeah, it definitely was an A to B. I started in civil engineering. Well, actually, in high school, I started in architecture because I could draw and I used to love my clothes and fashion. And I used to draw mannequins with, you know, outfit ideas or, or whatever I could think of on them. And I realized I could draw and then started drawing homes and figured, wow, I could be an architect. I'm good at drawing. And little do we know, it's much more than drawing. So I went into college with the idea of doing architecture and somewhere along the way switched to civil engineering, which was also not really my fit. It works for some people, but for me, it was just there wasn't enough socializing to it. And there was it, it just seemed a little bit too office-based. I'll just say that to keep it short. But when I transferred, I went to two schools in Houston, both within the University of Houston school system. But the first location I went to, I studied civil engineering. And then when I transferred to University of Houston that I graduated from, I decided to look into new degrees and construction management. It seemed like everything I was reading about the description was like, wow, how did I not know this existed? So, I mean, it's so important to read through those college catalogs because there's so many degrees and, and classes and majors that just go under the radar, you know, because it's not STEM or, or, you know, nursing or health or something like that, you know, but there are a lot of other just possibilities out there. And I sort of stumbled into construction and then just fell in love with it. And now I want to see a Taylor Luckett fashion design. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have to go full circle. Come back to that. <laughs> Or one of your one of your pictures from architecture. Yeah, those catalogs. I remember that when I was in college. That was so exciting when it would come out. The catalogs would come out, and when I was in college, it was all like on paper. So I'd flip through and like look at all the exciting possibilities. And I think a lot of times, you know, as women, we kind of feel we we read through everything, but we don't necessarily feel like something is for us because it's such a male dominated field. So. You know, you chose some fields that are male dominated. Was it male dominated as far as school? Like, was it mostly men or boys in the classes, or was it been split? Do you? Oh, one. It was. I mean, in a class of fifty, there were maybe three women. Yeah, and it, it would vary by semester, but there was never more than five women in a class of fifty. And this is this is just a few years ago. I mean, you're a recent graduate. Yeah, this was in 2018, and I mean, the, both the companies I've worked for so far have also reflected that. So it's good in a sense that there's no shock now that I'm here. It's like, wow, it does this resembles what I saw in the classroom, but. Yeah, it's definitely male dominated, a hundred percent. My my mother said the same thing when she was in school. So we have, you know, we're making our leaps and bounds, and I do see more women coming through construction and asking about it and realizing, like, oh, it's not, you know, it's not. I don't want to say it's not dirty, but it's not labor intensive. There's no reason that women can't also do this. But yeah, it, it definitely is still male dominated, and you know, it's it's changing slowly, but we're not quite there yet. I was reading a study that was done recently at some trade schools in PA. I think it was a graduate student study that was published online. And it talked a lot about the part of the problem with getting into male-dominated classrooms is like a feeling of isolation or just like feeling like you're maybe like not being included. And I know I had that 
in some of my jobs early on. And does it feel like, do you ever get that feeling or do you just band together with (laughs) the other women? How did that work? Yeah, it's a mixture of both. I feel like amongst other women is sort of a safe space. And, you know, you guys, it's funny because I'm not very similar with some of the other women I meet in construction, but us being women, it's like, okay, well, we'll just make friends. But as far as feeling isolated or, you know, left out, that was a huge factor in in college. It was like everyone is clicked up and they're helping each other pass classes and you know, I definitely felt left out. And with that emotion, I sort of put that into finding a like-minded community. And I joined women in construction in college. And that helped me to at least the other women in the industry know that we can do it and we do succeed in their art, you know, directors, presidents, CEOs, female CEOs in construction. So I really had to make a conscientious effort intentionally seeking out those, the groups and communities that I wanted to be a part of. And I think it's so important just to note that I didn't change myself along the way. I sort of changed my environment to help mold me into, you know, a truer version of myself, but definitely didn't try to become one of the, one of the guys. I never will be, you know, I never will look like them or or be a man. So it's no point in trying to spend my whole life trying to fit in, you know? So definitely took that isolation and tried to channel it into something more positive and and finding my own stride. Yeah, that strength is amazing. Thank you. Okay. So I guess when you're talking to other women, because I mean, you're not that far out of school, so you probably still have friends that are younger. What would you say to them if, if they're thinking about getting into a field like yours? Yeah. How would you advise them? I would say definitely to find your fit. I mean, I I can advise on what I've lived through. I'm still learning myself, but don't feel like you have to stay somewhere if you're not happy. Definitely figure out, you know, which form of construction you like, because there's so many, and this is specifically just for construction, but I'm sure it's across the board. There's so many fields and branches within it. the, The sky is the limit. Like you can find something that definitely speaks to you. And then also to find either a work buddy or a mentor or someone that you can vent to. I'm fortunate to have my mother as one of those people, but definitely someone that can empathize with you and and can sort of guide you on on how to navigate these waters because a lot of it is new. A lot of it is ever-changing, but it just helps to have that confidant, um, which I'm willing to be if anyone's listening to this and needs someone, you know, in the field or, or some advice, I'm that person for you. So I am yeah. sure people will take you up on that. So. <laughs> great, so great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay. Tell us about your job right now. So you graduated in 2018. You jumped right into the industry. What's your job like? Uh, what do you do on a daily basis? So I'm working on a data center, which in short is platforms like the cloud or Google Plus or any of those online platforms where you can save documents. Those All, all those documents have to go somewhere and they go to buildings such as the one I'm building. So it's kind of like a house for a hard drive. You know, it's really simplifying it because this is a massive building and it's 36 megawatts, which in terms of data centers is very large. And there's two phases to it. So we're wrapping up phase one right now. As a project engineer, I manage a few of the trades that are performing work in the building. Those trades include things like drywall, paint, flooring. MEP trades are, are another big facet to this type of construction, but I manage the trades I have to make sure that they're here on time and on schedule and make sure that they have everything they need to to do those things. So definitely an integral part of getting the, the building built and getting everything on site on time. 
And that's my day-to-day, tracking down those materials as people. And, you know, again, there's a big social aspect. You have to call your trades. You have to talk to your team. So that's my day-to-day. Okay. So you wake up in the morning. Do you go into the office? I know with COVID, things might be different, but on a general, would you go into the office? Do you work? Do you go straight to a site? How does that work? Yes. So it's kind of two in one. We have office trailers on the actual job site. So the first company I worked for, Office Trailer, meant, you know, a trailer, like, what's another word for it? A mobile home, sort of, but of course, empty, and we put offices into it. The first company I worked for, there was wood paneling on the trailers, linoleum on the floor, it was squeaky, it was grungy. And that's why I just thought construction was, I was like, yep, this looks about right. <laughs> and then I changed companies. And this is like, you know, they bring in the trailers again, but instead of one trailer, now they're five connected trailers and they put down like a deep mahogany wood plank flooring and paint the walls white and add rubber wall base. And I mean, they really clean these things up. So that's my office. I come in here to the office 7am, I I report and get started at my desk. If there's something happening in the actual building that's being built, I put on my safety boots, my steel toes, can't wait to get those. And then I go out into the, the field and sort of see what's happening and you know, come back to my office and, and update as necessary. But it's it's nice being able to go back and forth. It's not always just in the office or always just in the field. Yeah, my mom always told me, whatever you do, make sure you know where you're going to be during the day. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you are going to be sitting at a desk all day. Make sure that's what you want to do. You know, so I, I like the idea. I like that that you're you get to be in different places. It's a job where you are at a desk, but you also get to walk around, be outside, be talking to people. Oh yeah. Well, have you faced any challenges in the workplace in the few years that you've been there? Mm-hmm, yes. I, I mean, <laughs> it's ongoing. They come and go. You know, it's part of growing and learning and, and really finding our footing. But I would say things I've been challenged with and have had to step up to the plate to improve on are things like time management and communication, being able to cold call people and knowing what you're talking about. You know, it's those have all been challenges. I think most of all is probably staying, again, the staying true to yourself, knowing that you don't have to become really stern or very crass, or you don't have to change your your essence in order to fit in. So I'm still fighting that every day because again, there's that feeling of, oh, if I do that, I'll fit in. Or if I do that, it'll be easier. And you know, I'm, I'm glad to have a good social circle and family and friends that are just able to reinforce the importance of doing good by people and staying true to yourself. So Sort of, are you talking about leadership style in a way, like the mm-hmm. way that you would give instructions or reprimand something done improperly? Is that what you mean? Absolutely. It's definitely a part of it. And every, you know, they say different strokes for different folks. And it's, that's absolutely it. There's just every project manager or every project team will have their own way of doing things. And there's no one way that's right. You know, as long as you're playing, playing rules by the book, then there's really no no one way that's right. So I've seen different leadership styles and I know, you know, they have those personality tests and I can't remember the name, maybe Myers-Briggs or something similar, you know, and it gives you an idea of how to work with people and how to give and to take instruction and criticism. So it's just important to sort of keep that in mind that not everyone's going to get along, not everyone will butt heads, but we still have to work together as a team and move forward. You mentioned you have your mom, who's an engineer, which is incredible. Do you feel like you've had any other women in the construction industry to look up to or to 
aspire to or is, has it been has it been mostly men that you've been encountering in the workplace and in the field? Right. Well, I definitely, again, I make a diligent effort to find other women in construction, other like-minded people, still looking for that, you know, just dedicated mentor that I can really go hand in hand with and really lean on for advice. But I've found some really good connections within the NABWIT community. And then also when I was in school, I had a professor and she was also a black woman and was a project manager. And that she was the first one I'd ever seen. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to know her. I want to know her story. And, you know, I got to know her and she was helpful as much as she could be. And I see now that I'm in the field, how busy she must have been, you know, teaching and working and trying to to help me out. So she was definitely another, Miss Ovi, hi. <laughs> she was another great, yeah, another great mentor inspiration to me. But I'm still still looking, still finding great connections. Well, one of the things we say at Juno Jones is our brand is Stylish Safety Boots. So it's about not just the way the boots work, but the style of them. And I've had people say to me, well, you know, if you want to be a woman in these fields, you can't worry about style. You can't worry about that kind of thing. And I, as a woman working in the transportation industry, I totally disagree with that because I didn't stop being me when I started working in it. I'm, I'm still the same person. I still have the same sense of style and, and want to express myself. So we say that beauty and strength can go hand in hand. And I was just wondering if that's something that resonates with you personally. Oh, absolutely. I love that. I love it. You know, beauty and strength, I I think it just nails it right on the head because, again, we just can't change ourselves. You know, if I at one point loved fashion, that's something that just happens inherently. I don't put a lot of thought into it. I don't put, you know, it's not like I spend extra time. I'm here on time. My work is the same. The results are the same. There's no reason that we can't look good doing it, you know. Do you feel, I mean, do you feel pressured to look a certain way? Sometimes, yes. I remember when I first started you know, my first, first construction job. And I was like, oh, I might be a little dressed up. And I think the, honestly, first time I experienced that and can remember was going to a career fair at my university for the College of, of Science and Technology. And I went there and was just, I had on my skirt and I had on my little scarf and I was just so cute. I knew it. You couldn't tell me I wasn't. And I get there and I just felt standoffish, you know, it's like if you, it just felt like no one really knew how to talk to me or approach me. And I would get to some of the booths. I'm sure I had on perfume because I love perfume. And it's like, (laughs) you know, people smell you gum in it. So I just, I remember experiencing that and it was really just blatant for some reason at that career fair. And I recall the next year I went, I wore pants and an Oxford shirt. And I think ever since then that you know, I changed my my style a little bit, but it's a cute yellow Oxford shirt and some <laughs> cute gray slacks, you know, like it's going to be a cute outfit. So it's kind of adapting and adjusting versus trying to abandon my whole, you know, the way I am, but definitely a balance. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough balance. So what would you tell young women who are, you know, in that position, I guess, that are going, looking for jobs and interviewing these? We've had this come up in the Hazard Girls group where, you know, a woman will come in and say, like, what does everyone think I should wear to this interview? Should I wear steel toe boots and khakis? Or should I, should I wear like more of like a suit pants, you know, slacks and a blazer? And people were saying like, dress, dress up, like dress for job that you would most, what that would most be your goal. So what would you say to that? Absolutely. What you just said then there, dress for the job you want to be in. I don't believe in being overdressed for the most part. And I say that, but I don't show up in a ball gown, you know, right. but there's nothing wrong with looking 
good and looking refined. It's another thing if it's slipping into, you know, maybe it's too showy or if it's too tight or if it's not professional attire. But as long as it's professional, I feel like that is what makes you stand out. That's what makes you original. And I feel like people appreciate originality and honesty. And if you try to be someone you're not, you won't be able to maintain it, you know, or trying to dress like a man or whatever, you know, whatever you think is appropriate, you're not going to feel like yourself. You're not going to do your best interview. You're not going to be able to maintain that once you start working anyway. So, you know, I feel like as long as it's professional and appropriate, you really, you can't do wrong. Do, especially in construction people, we're the only ones that care. I guarantee you, these guys wear the same outfits, you know, every day. So I highly doubt, you know, they'll hold that against you, but (laughs) definitely dress up versus dressing down and stay true to what you're comfortable in so that you can do your best job. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of clothes, I want to hear about your t-shirt business, Style Unrivaled. Is that right? That's right. Uh Uh-huh. So my boyfriend and I started this in 2015 and, you know, it started more as like a side hobby and it was something we realized we could do at home and it was just super easy and it was fun. It started off as a hobby. And then over the years, there was just consistent support from our communities and from our friends and family. So we just continued to grow. And of course, at the time we were both living in Houston. So we had a wholesaler that was close, you know, nearby in Houston. It was very easy to produce, produce shirts. But definitely just just been growing progressively, organically. Our social medias and our techniques have gotten better. So I really see a lot of great business in the future as well. But that's how it started as sort of a home business. And we're still expanding every year. So we'd like to get hopefully some warehouse space so we can set up a larger printer. Yeah. And um, oh, you're growing. So yeah, we are really growing. What are the styles? What do they look like? Mm-hmm. Well, we have a variation. I mean, we can get anything from baseball tees, which are like the jersey. The sleeves are a different color than the shirt. We have regular crew necks, v-necks, women's shirts, toddlers onesies, you know, little toddler shirts. We have children, infant, all that. And we have hats and duffel bags. So honestly, we have a lot more than what we show. You know, people tend to get t-shirts, but there's a very large range of products that we can deliver on. So the t-shirts have messages? Is that they do, yeah. So it's custom. It's custom t-shirts. I'm sorry if I didn't say that. Custom t-shirts. So people come to us typically with an idea in mind. Or sometimes they have no idea and just know they want a shirt that is for XYZ cause, you know. And then we either go back and forth with them to fine tune it, tell them what would work, what wouldn't work, what colors look better together. But the majority of our shirts recently have been for the 2020 graduates, have been for birthdays, and have been quarantine-related shirts or corona-related shirts, just making light of a really heavy situation. So you know, finding finding the light in a heavy situation. So it's really a range of designs, but whatever people come to us with, we we try to produce it. What's your social media handle? How can people find this? Mm-hmm. It's Style Unrivaled, and that's our, our handle on Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, and that's our website. It's S-T-Y-L-E, Style, and Unrivaled, U-N-R-I-V-A-L-E-D. Okay, great. And so we'll make sure we check that out. Mm-hmm. Spread the word. And now you had mentioned that you, you'd be willing to talk to young women who are interested in the field. So where should people get in touch with you? They can email me. That works. I can give out, I don't know if you want to, I can give out my email, which is perfectly fine. Put it in the show notes if that's easier. Yeah, we can do that. Let's put it in the show notes. Okay. 
But yes, they can reach out to me, email me, and I'm perfectly fine with setting up a Zoom call or if they want to talk on the phone or something. Definitely use me as a resource. I wish I had more when I was coming you know, through the ranks. So I'm there for you. Taylor, this has been so amazing. Such an honor to finally get to talk to you. Some back and forth online before and a few minutes to talk. So it's it's really great to finally get to know you a little bit more. Um, so, so Taylor, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I think you've been a major inspiration and I'm sure many young women are going to find inspiration in your story and maybe even be reaching out to you for some advice. Yes, I would love that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate it. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.